0: Let's try to get closer to the stage. Sorry. Excuse me.
1: <laughs> There's
0: a hey, million. do you want to go on my shoulders? What? Sorry. Do you want to go on my shoulders? Yeah, that'd be unreal. Thanks. Wow. Three celebrates connections made by music this summer. Find out more at 3.ae forward slash music.
2: Getting a divorce even thinking about getting a divorce can be overwhelming scary and sometimes exciting join divorce coach and mediator mandy walker for conversations about divorce the more you know the easier it will be to make your divorce healthier less stressful and to put it behind you here's mandy
1: welcome to conversations about divorce i'm mandy walker today we're talking about the parent-child dynamic and how it can cause divorce Now usually, as soon as I mention parent-child, my clients say, I was the parent or I was the child. It's something that lots of people identify with and it's a common behavior. It's not limited to our intimate relationships and I think understanding this behavior can bring you a, a better awareness or better insight into why your marriage may have ended. And perhaps more importantly, why I like people to look at this is the bigger benefits for the future, because um, it could mean a less frustrating relationship with your ex. It could mean um, a better co-parenting with your ex, fewer arguments with your kids, and better yet, healthier relationships with future partners. So exactly what is the parent-child dynamic? Why is it so harmful? Why do we fall into it? and how can we change. That's a lot to cover, but joining me today is psychologist Dr. Tony Ferretti. Welcome, Tony.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. Let me um, start by asking you, just how prevalent is this parent-child dynamic in marital or intimate relationships?
2: It's extremely prevalent. In fact, many of the couples that I see come in with that dynamic, and they're often not aware of it, uh, because no one's really pointed out to them how they, each of them are in one of those positions, either the parent or the child, and aren't aware of how damaging that dynamic can be to a marriage.
1: Hmm. So can you give me an example of of what a a parent-child dynamic looks like? I mean, is is it pretty easy for you to spot
2: extremely easy for me to spot, uh, (laughs) because I've seen thousands of these individuals and these types of relationships. So yes, uh, the first visit, I can tell that they have a parent-child marriage. And so the parent is, and it can be the the man or the woman, uh, oftentimes it's the woman, because men tend to be more immature and more childlike in nature, and emotionally are often underdeveloped. I see so many men that are intellectually overdeveloped and emotionally underdeveloped. Mm. So this dynamic that the wife is the parent because she is having to tell the husband what he should or shouldn't do, either in, in raising children or in dealing with emotional type of problems, he doesn't have the same EQ or emotional intelligence that his wife has. So sometimes she can be micromanaging and controlling, scolding, nagging, while the husband is defiant and rebellious and immature, maybe passive-aggressive and avoidant, uh, and that dynamic can destroy a marriage.
1: So can you give me an example of what that might look like, say, um, with money?
2: Okay. So with money, um, and again, sometimes in that case because it's situational in nature so with money maybe in that case the husband is the parent and the wife feels more like the child and you know the husband may make all the decisions he may be very controlling and very condescending and belittling and the wife feels like she has to you know and this is again stereotypical but the wife may feel like she has to go and ask for an allowance or ask for you know Uh, his, you know, guidance and direction, and she may be rebellious and may act out and may spend and not tell him of her spending. That dynamic can be especially, you know, um, negative when the couple, you know, when one person is the primary breadwinner, you know, maybe the husband is the primary breadwinner and feels he feels justified in having maybe more control or acting more like a parent.
1: Okay. Okay. And um, the, the dynamic doesn't apply just to conversations or to behaviors. It's, I mean, our actions, it can also mean by simply not doing something. Um, so when your spouse wants to do something and you don't but you don't say anything is is that this dynamic playing out
2: yes yes it certainly is you know because that that would be you know a a passive aggressive defiant child you know maybe a stubborn child maybe a child who you know um, doesn't feel like they have a lot of control or power in the relationship so they choose not to do something Maybe it's help around the house or maybe it's even do something as a couple, you know, that would be good for the relationship.
1: Right. So I'm hearing that you say like the parent role, it's um, words like you should be doing this, you don't do this, you need to do this, um, that allow you to quickly identify that type of behavior.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And um, also the, the other thing that, you know, allows me to identify it is when, you know, the, it seems like the parent is, um, you know, constantly either telling the person, you know, why they're not doing it right or what's the, the best way to do it, you know, um, because they just feel like they, the, uh, the partner just can't get it right.
1: Okay, so I have another situation I want to kind of ask you because I'm wondering if it's always clear whether the action is a child or a parent. Um, But in my own marriage, I was the primary breadwinner and I handled our household accounts. My spouse really showed no interest from month to month and year to year. And we ended up just never, ever really talking about money I used to make all the decisions um, and spending decisions without seeking input and he never saw input so who's the child and who's the parent there
2: well it may maybe be we're that... both child <laughs> <laughs> well it may be that um, you were you were put in the parent position but maybe you didn't want to be and you know it was almost like a default and, you know, but he didn't step up and he chose not to be involved. And maybe you allowed that and maybe right. you enabled that behavior by, by not, you know, confronting him on it.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Right. So um, does it really matter whether to do you really have to be specific as to like I was the child or I was the parent?
2: No. No, it, it really doesn't matter. It, it What matters most is how you're going to become an adult and, you know, how you're going to have an adult-adult relationship. What needs to change? So maybe one person needs to step up, the other person needs to step down. Maybe, you know, um, instead of being passive-aggressive, you need to be assertive. But there, there, it's how you're going to change that dynamic. It really doesn't matter who's the okay, parent or child. so that's
1: unimportant. And just kind of going back to... Um that role, I think that you may you said that it's very situational. So, is it um, common to see one partner take on a parenting role in one area, such as finances, and then maybe a child role in another area, such as parenting or managing the household?
2: Yes, yes, it's it's common to see the couple swap positions, and on on. In certain circumstances or situations, once the parent and then in a different circumstance, they become the child. It's, that's not an uncommon scenario.
1: Right, right. So, um, you know, I wanted to ask you then, how do we get to, I don't think any of us consciously decide that we want to take on those roles or to behave like that. How do we fall into these patterns of behaviors? Where do they come from?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, sometimes they come from uh, the, the modeling that we saw in our parents. One of the first things I ask couples you know, um, in, when I meet with them individually is, tell me about your parents' you know, relationship. Tell me how they related to each other. How much conflict did you see growing up? And how did your p- parents deal with conflict? Because that's where we learned that dynamic. And maybe maybe we saw, you know, maybe we're, the husband saw the father figure as being the child, and maybe he became the child inadvertently because he saw it, or maybe he overcompensated and decided he's going to be the parent because his father was the child. Um, so, But the dynamics of our parents' marriage really play a role, play a part.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So I'm going to come back to that in a moment. But um, first, we need to take a break for our sponsor. The end of your marriage may have left you with plenty of bad feelings, but you may also have some good jewelry. If your engagement ring is hidden away in your closet, it may be time to bring it out and let it shine again. Who knows? It could give you that vacation you've been wanting the furniture you need for your new home, or even pay off some debts to make your budget a little easier. I recommend you contact FarewellDiamond.com. They offer a safe, secure, and discreet service for selling your wedding jewelry, whether it's a diamond or other gemstone. And you can do it in private from your own home. You simply send Farewell Diamond the details of your ring, and if you like their estimate, you send them your ring by Insured Federal Express. If you're happy with the valuation, then go ahead with the sale. If not, your ring will be returned to you using Insured Federal Express again. It's fast, it's easy, and it's safe. And remember, to get the best valuation for your ring, do give it a quick but gentle cleaning before you take it to any jeweler. I'm Mandy Walker, and you're listening to Conversations About Divorce. Today we're talking about the parent-child dynamic, with psychologist Dr. Tony Ferretti. Dr. Ferretti specializes in helping professionally successful clients achieve work-life balance. And through his work, he's discovered the very same traits that took his clients to the top of their careers often push their relationships over the edge. And Tony, you recently published a book that our listeners may be interested in.
2: Yes, the, the title of the book is The Love Fight, and it was published uh, in December of last year and it talks about those highly successful individuals who fail miserably in their relationships and and like you said that some of the same characteristics that enable them to be successful in their careers uh, have a, a negative effect on their marriage uh, so this book talks about the achievers and the connectors and that's a recurring theme that I see where achievers are often married to connectors.
1: And c- c- just explain a little bit more about what... what the fra- I'm familiar with achievers, but connectors?
2: So connectors are people that really want relationships and really want to be connected to others. And they, they exert a lot of time and energy into relationships. So an achiever, it's not uncommon for an achiever to be attracted to a connector because they're really good at relationships and achievers are not over time that marriage has conflict because over time even though you're drawn to that person you value their either achieving nature or connecting nature over time that that draw becomes a a source of conflict
1: and does the parent-child dynamic play into that
2: yes it does It it does because, you know, again, uh, achievers, you know, are often in position of power and control and and they can be, you know, more parent-like at the same time, you know, when they feel like either they're not good at something or they don't, you know, they don't know how to handle a certain situation, then they they move to the position of the child Hmm. um, where they just disconnect or detach or avoid
1: So at the very um, start, we started talking about how prevalent this dynamic is in marriages. And you said it's very, very common. And I think that um, there are a lot of marriages that last for decades and have this sort of behavior going on. And um, the marriages last, and that's how those people communicate. So what happens to cause, how does this dynamic cause the end of a marriage?
2: Okay, you you know, a lot of the people that I see, you know, come in in crisis. So, and that's what brings people to counseling. Sadly, you know, people don't come in unless there's a crisis and
1: it would be great if they came in earlier
2: oh my gosh make (laughs) my job a whole lot easier right (laughs) and and i think i would you know i think i'd be able to save a lot more marriages i can't tell you how many times people said i wish we would have started this five years ago you know uh three years ago Uh, but people don't come in until they're in a crisis and so when they're in a crisis you know then you can it's easier you know for me to to be able to point out why how they got to this point and then how the role that they've played in the relationship over maybe the entire relationship the roles that they've played have been detrimental to their connection and you know their ability to, to grow and nurture their their relationship
1: so they might come into you because they have um... Reach the crisis, say with their money, with their parenting, with house or arguing, and they think that the issue is about that. Right. Whereas the real issue is how they're communicating with each other.
2: The real the real issue, yes. I mean, it's it's how they're communicating, and it's also their inability to resolve conflict. So they have a ton of conflict, but they never resolve it. They just you know it just piles up. They put it in a box, put it up on a shelf, and hope it goes away, but, you know, it never goes away, and then every once in a while, the boxes fall, and they make a big freaking mess on the floor, and they clean it up, but put it back in the box, and don't address the conflict.
1: Okay. So do you think, um, is it common for, like, one party to kind of say, you know, I'm tired of, they might, well, they wouldn't necessarily use these words, but they'd say, I don't want to be the parent anymore i'm done mm-hmm. I'm tired of taking care of you
2: absolutely, absolutely, and you know a lot of times you know they they're not only tired and resentful uh, because they feel like that the child has not stepped up and has not taken responsibility for the marriage or for you know other relationships with the children and this and that uh, but they 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 have so much negative emotion that they you know have begun to detach and disengage from their partner so,
1: and that i'm guessing is the it's the detachment and disengagement where if it goes on past a you do reach a point of no return where the relationship can't be salvaged
2: yes yes and and you know sometimes you know one or both parties self-destruct um, and they might self-destruct, you know, by having an extramarital affair or they might self-destruct, you know, through either alcohol or drugs or spending money or food or, you know, but one party and sometimes both parties self-destruct.
1: Right. Right. So let's say um, the, oh, earlier you said the, the, the key to this or resolving this is to evolve to a more adult to adult type of communication. Right. So how easy is it to do that? I mean, can you give me an example of how an adult would respond? Like say I had overspent on the credit card Mm -hmm. and, um, that we didn't have enough money to pay off the credit card that that month. Right. What would be an adult way of responding that versus a parent or child way?
2: If, if you were, if you want me to respond as if I'm you or as if I'm your partner,
1: you, uh, my partner.
2: Okay. So if I were your partner, you know, an adult response would be, you know, I'm really upset, uh, that you've overspent and, you know, it really hurts me that you've chosen to do that and uh, makes me angry. And um, let's see if we can't come up with a plan uh, so that, you know, we can prevent this from happening in the future. Uh, you know what? I love you. I forgive you. And, you know, let's let's move on. You know, let's, I, I'm, I'm able to let it go. Now, that doesn't happen just like, you know, the first time you find out. know that may take several hours or or several days before you get to that point but it's being able to forgive it's being able to acknowledge the emotional pain that the other person caused you know it's also you know not just blowing up and lashing out um, because that's then going to cause the other person to shut down and maybe not tell you the next time they overspent
1: right Right. So, it's, um, so the adult response is an invitation to a discussion and about how to solve the problem rather than a, an instruction, you should do this, I need you to, or you need to do this.
2: Right, right. You know, the, the parent might be more punishing in nature, but the adult is more forgiving in nature, and the adult recognizes that we're a team, and we're trying to work together. So how can we you know, work through this conflict or this problem? And I was mentioning the bicycle built for two analogy because that's what a marriage is all about. It's uh, pedaling together, uh, pedaling in sync, not where one person's doing all the pedaling and the other person has their feet up or you're breaking when one person's pedaling.
1: So the, if, if one person in the relationship is responding in an adult, in an adult, adult way. Right. And I'm kind of thinking here, even like because a lot of our listeners are divorced, they might be trying to, hearing this and thinking, the, how can they use this in their co-parenting relationship? And they might be trying to experiment with communicating in an adult way. Does that require or force the other party to respond in an adult way?
2: No, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> not as easy as that. True, but that doesn't work that way because we can't control how our partner or ex-partner responds. So it doesn't. Um, however, you know, I, I think you give them less ammunition to respond inappropriately when you respond appropriately.
1: Okay, so then it, it's still going to. It, it may help the relationship evolve each time you can you you manage to do that
2: yes yes
1: so let me ask you Tony when you have couples come into you what what's your how do you get them started on evolving to an adult style of communication and behavior
2: The the first step is is first identifying you know how they're relating to each other and what's dysfunctional or unhealthy about it so uh, first part of therapy is awareness raising and that's the beauty of, of what I do is I can be you know uh, direct and honest with them and maybe tell them things that no one else has really told them before in the same way that I have and so that that's can be an eye-opener so first it's awareness and then the second part is learning new skills, uh, learning how to communicate differently, learning how to deal with conflict in a, in a more constructive and healthy way. But it's, it's learning tools basically because I think when, when I see people, they're floundering and they need some tools, they need some, some guidance and some advice on, on how to you know, communicate more effectively.
1: So do you work with couples post-divorce very often?
2: Yes, yes, I do. Because many of the couples that I see post divorce don't want to make that mistake next go around. And and one of the things that I'll say to them is, you know, the best way not to make the same mistake is for you to get healthy. And, you know, if you can get healthy, you're going to attract a healthy partner. And so that may mean working through some of their own issues and, and learning, you know, how they can communicate more effectively
1: right and so practicing these skills in your co-parenting relationship is like a warm-up for your next partner
2: yes (laughs) you can look at it that way
1: (laughs) um how easy is it for people to do this on their own
2: well I think you know you can do it on your own if you have some resources and and maybe it's you know whether it's my book whether it's uh, you know, uh, the Internet, you, that you have found some things. Uh, but it, it helps to have some guide, uh, some, some sort of guidance. Um, and I think, you know, people can learn a lot from, from the material that they read. And then it becomes, you know, like you said, a matter of practice. And, you know, just continuing to, to use the skills and the tools um, that they've read about or learned about.
1: And not to get discouraged when it doesn't go quite according to plan.
2: Right, exactly. And, and, and to be able to say to yourself, you know, um, I'm, I'm using these tools and these skills or I'm communicating this in a healthy way for me, not for the other person. So the other person may not respond the way I want them to, um, but I'm still going to do it because this is practice and, and I'm practicing.
1: Does it help? I'm just, it's just occurring to me that if you do try and exercise those skills, then you may get benefits yourself from maybe less, feeling less stress and less tension.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you don't either feel responsible for changing the other person or, or, you know, and maybe you also don't harbor the, the resentment, or the hurt, or the anger that you you did before when you either lashed out or shut down.
1: Right, right.
0: This
1: is a fascinating topic, Tony. Do, do you have one more thing that you would, one more gem that you'd like to leave our listeners with?
2: I, I think the, the the main thing I, I try to tell people all the time is to look at yourself and take responsibility. Know, uh, for what you can change about yourself because that's the only thing that you have control over is you and and that's where your focus needs to be on how can I be a better person and a better partner in a future relationship and and then once you once you work on yourself and you get healthy you'll also be able to detect the red flags and the unhealthy people that are out there
1: right and that's really important. Thank you, Tony.
2: And thank you, Mandy. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And and I I would also encourage some of the listeners to check out my website. It's uh, www.drtonyferretti.com. And on the website, I do a weekly blog, and I also have podcasts from radio shows that I had done in the past, and I, and I hope you would take a look at that. There's a lot of information there on relationships. So thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed being on your show.
1: It's my pleasure, Tony. And, you know, I often send clients to your YouTube channel to watch your video on parent-child relationships because it's a, a, a real great um, intro for anybody who's not familiar with the subject.
2: Thank you, thank so,
1: you. So listeners, do check out Dr. Freddy's book, The Love Fight, How Achievers and Connectors Can Build a Marriage That Lasts. It's available on Amazon. Clearly, communicating adult to adult is a challenging transition. If it was easy, maybe there would be fewer divorces. And while you may be learning about this too late to save your marriage, it may help you understand why that relationship didn't last. And certainly putting effort into changing your behavior now could pay off big time in the future. And that's for any of your relationships, whether that's your children, your friends, your coworkers, and even for a future new partner. I'm Mandy Walker with conversations about divorce. I hope you'll join us again next time.
2: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.